glad to be in the house of the Lord. Um, tonight, Brother Texas is going to preach to us. Amen. He um, turned 19 yesterday, and he's still a young pup. He's just a young pup, but he is smart. He loves God. He loves the Word. And he loves my daughter. He better anyway. Married into our family. Makes him a part of a, a close part of this um, pastoral ship now. He's not just just a flunky, I guess. I don't know. I'm not proud of him. But anyway, got something for you. This is you. I will leave this here and you can open it at your discretion. Do what you will with it. But I love this young man. Appreciate him very much. I knew his birthday was yesterday. I've been working a lot of hours. I said, hey, well, you're preaching on Thursday night. <laughs> so, anyway. I know he's, uh, he's, he's great to find himself. And I, I want to say this. In the absence of um, Jacob being able to do some stuff, him and Matthew Oak has really stepped up. In particular, him, he stepped up. He's grabbed the reins of some things. He's tried to fill in the gap. There's, I just want to say this there's a huge gap right now Amen. from what Jacob was able to do. And then I know that's going to happen for too long, and he'll be able to get back free to that place, but the Texans fill a lot of that gap, but he ain't feeling it at all. Amen. But he's done, he's done his part in filling that gap, and I thank you for that, and I appreciate it so much. And uh, try to come preach the word, man. such a great family, such a wonderful people, and I can say that I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have the ability or knowledge to step in anywhere and help out if it wasn't for Jacob and, and Pastor helping me and teaching me as much as they did. Amen. As much as they put in there, I, hope, I just hope that I can just pour out something into you, you people tonight. Uh, I don't know how long I'll be, but I believe the Lord he wants to do something in this place tonight. I believe that the Lord is He's going to truly put passion in someone's heart tonight. He's, he's truly going to let you feel the burden and feel the weight of every lost soul in this city and the surrounding counties that at this moment are fighting for their lives. Yeah, they're alive, but they're fighting to be. Amen. They're struggling. They're, they're not blessed with what we're blessed with in this church tonight. You may have come here and you may think and you may be thinking that this this is all just dumb, this is all just stupid. You come, you showed up anyway. You may just think that this church service for nothing. We're not accomplishing anything here. But I'm here to tell you God's going to do something great 
And he's going to do something wonderful and, and mighty with, with you or without you. Amen. I mean, the Lord's going to do something awesome. If you would, uh, turn in your Bibles with me to the book of uh, Nehemiah. Uh, I like this. Say it's uh, right after Ezra, if you didn't know. Yeah, and turn there somewhere in the uh, good old Old Testament. I actually have it bookmarked because I don't have my Bible names memorized. <laughs> so there's that. <clears throat> but we all, most of us, we know the story of Nehemiah. I'll tell a little bit about it so you guys can have a pretty good background. Are you just looking at me like I was forgetting something? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right. If you would turn to Nehemiah chapter 6, verse, uh, verses, starting at verse 10, I'll read all the way to verse 13. When you get there, let me, uh, let me hear an amen. 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 Afterward, this is Nehemiah speaking. He pretty much speaks in first person throughout the entire book of Nehemiah. It's this first person account of what's going on. Um, Nehemiah speaks in uh, chapter 6, verse 10. Afterward, I came into the house of Shemaiah, the son of Delah, is how the said to pronounce it, the son of Mehitabil, who was shut up, and he said, Let us meet together in the house of God within the temple, and let us shut the doors of the temple, for they will come to slay thee. Yea, in the night will they come to slay thee. And I said, should such, a, should such a man as I flee, and who is there that being I am would go as I am would go into the temple to save his life, I will not go in. And lo, I perceived that God had not sent him, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me, for Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. Therefore he was hired that I should be afraid and do so and sin and that they might have matter for an evil report, that they might reproach me. Amen. If you would, just for a second, put your Bibles down and just begin to tap back into that spirit, back into that the, the spirit of the Lord that wants to put passion and desire in someone's heart tonight, that, that wants to put the burden of this church on your life tonight. Amen. If, if you would just open your hearts and your minds and accept what the Lord is trying to speak into our hearts in this place tonight, I promise you're going to leave your change tonight. Amen. Let the Lord touch you. Jesus, touch us in this place, God. Pour out your spirit so strong, so thick, God. Lord, let your words flow from this pulpit, God. Lord, use me tonight, God, to reach a soul, God, and speak into someone's heart, God, passion and a burden for the sin, God. We love you, God. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do, Jesus. In the wonderful name of Jesus, amen. Just real quick, I have something to say. I mean, I have a couple things to say, but this is not exactly going along with what I'm going to say after, but... Sick the other day at work. I, I, I reckon about the time I started coming to Harvest House, probably about 2009, but then at the same time I wasn't a regular attendee or a member of this church. But I was thinking that that's 10 years ago that I started coming here. That's 10 years ago that I heard someone speak in tongues for the first time. And at that moment I can never imagine how much that would be an entwined part of my soul and an entwined part of my life. For if you didn't know it, I started coming on the church bus. 
Brother Dave, he drove the church bus. At that time, we had that little storefront church. We were taking two vans, two trips to get people to and from the church. Amen. Brother Dave drove, and he'd go drop people off. He'd come right back, pick people up, take them and drop them off. I loved riding the bus because I mean, he'd always appoint a, a door greeter or someone to open the doors for everybody. He'd be like, all right, you're going to be my door greeter today. I'll pick you up first. We're going we're gonna to go get them. And he'll go knock on the door and stuff. felt cool doing that. I was just a bus kid. All right? That's what the outreach, the bus ministry, how powerful it is. It can take someone, just a random nine-year-old boy, bring him to church, plant him, feed him, water him, grow him, and one day he can become what God wants him to be, Amen. something great and something powerful. Amen. Amen. A young lady, bring him to the church, feed him, grow him, seed him, everything. Give him everything they need. Teach him the word. Amen. And it's going to sink in one day. Amen. And I'm, just, I'm thankful for, for what God has done through the bus ministry, through this church, to, to bring me out of oh, who knows what hell I'd be in today if it wasn't for this place. Amen. The Lord is so mighty. But I'm going to get into what I have to say tonight. What I'm going to be talking about tonight, I'm going to give you a title, is A Prophet for Hire. That's what I'd like to speak about tonight. Ne Nehemiah was a prophet in the Bible. Uh, shocker, he was the first person to count of the book of Nehemiah. See, Nehemiah was special. He remembered his heritage. He remembered Moses. He remembered the words of the Lord. And one day, he, he, he began to seek the Lord because he knew the importance of a city and its walls. Uh, protection against raids and a symbol of the city's strength. Because Nehemiah knew of Jerusalem's past. Once Jerusalem had its own language, its own army, its own king, uh, its own identity. But now it has nothing, and its walls are broken, and, and they're burned down. Amen. And Nehemiah remembers uh, an edict that has once again stiff-led the Jews, uh, keeping them from rebuilding their walls. Uh, see, no one wanted to bit the Jews in Jerusalem to build these walls back up because they remembered the powerful kings and the armies that came from within these walls and from, with, from with under these kings when these people got together and, and, and did something. Uh, Artaxerxes, I believe that's how you say it, and Ezra 4, he was one of the people that kept them from building the walls because he knew, he remembered King Solomon and how powerful he was and how wise he was with God behind him. He remembered the damage that the children of Israel could do when they had God behind them and when they had protection in these walls. You see, Nehemiah heard the state of the walls of Jerusalem and when he heard this, he, he wept and he prayed for a people he once knew were feared and mighty, strong and powerful. Nehemiah called upon the Lord to help him and forgive all that the children of Israel had done. Nehemiah went to the same man, uh, Artaxerxes and Ezra, who said no to building the walls. But with the help of God, this same man agrees and even funds him to go and build, once again, the walls of Jerusalem. See, Nehemiah arrives, and he doesn't tell anyone what he's up to. He just starts scouting. He just goes in, and he starts, he starts looking, and he starts checking out all the walls and, and the, the, the status of what is left of the once great walls of Jerusalem. And then he just starts doing it. He just gathers people, and he just starts building these walls. He just starts rebuilding what was torn down. He doesn't wait for a pastor to tell him to do it. No, he doesn't wait for recognition of the public. He just does it. Amen. But you see, people still oppose 
the building of this wall. They, they don't want these walls to be built. Uh, in Nehemiah 4, Sanballat, Tobiah, and a man named Gershon criticized him for trying to rebuild the wall, claiming that this man, he just wants, he just wants to be the king, that he just wants people to go and just prophesy about this great man rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem so he can become king. You see, but Nehemiah, he knows the one true king, and he's on Nehemiah's side. Amen. These, these men who oppressed Nehemiah, they were relentless. They sent letters, they fought, threatened, and all they could do to get fear into Nehemiah's heart. Nehemiah went unto Shemaiah, a prophet, a priest. Nehemiah thought he could trust and get a word from him, and the priest told him to stay with him in the temple, because these men are going to try to kill you. And then Nehemiah's response, and I said, Should such a man as I flee, and who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. And lo, I perceived that God had not sent him. But he pronounced this prophecy against me, for Tobiah and Sandal had hired him. You see, Shemaiah was hired by the enemy to deliver a fake prophecy unto Nehemiah to scare him into running away and hiding in the temple uh, from the enemy. And actually, it, it was a sin to run and to hide in the temple and run to the temple for protection uh, in this time. Uh, see, what I'd like to ask is I would like to ask Shemaiah, what was the prize for delivering this fake prophecy? What reward did you seek? You prophet for hire. What was, your, what was your priestlyhood not enough for you to turn down the enemy? Did you even know the cost of what you had done, Shemaiah? What was in it for you? You see, we say I would never do that. Many times we, uh, we see one thing like this and we're like, that's awful for someone to turn their back on their calling and turn their back on God like this. But honestly, for most of us, it's relatable. We put a price on eternity. And we, we, we start only being spiritual when there was a reward for it. We're selfish with our spirituality. We're, we're seeking a word only when we need it. Seeking God only when we need Him. You think revival is going to come from Shemaiah's house? No. Because we needed to be in this to be in this. That's what we need, folks. We need to be committed to be committed because we're in debt to people and in debt to God for the sacrifice He's given us. Because I'm going to tell you right now, we're way past the P-O-N-R. If you know what that is, that's the point of no return. Amen. you got to get this and you got to put it in your spirit because there's no turning back. Amen. We crossed that probably maybe even 10 years ago. You need to get this ingrained in your spirit and you need to keep it. Amen. Because right now as we speak, the Holy Ghost, it's being poured out in all four corners of this world. Healing is being poured out. People are receiving the gospel everywhere in this world at this very moment. And you can't honestly think that God's going to withhold all His plans for the end time church just so that you can decide when you want to get spiritual. See, you've got to stop being Shemaiah and start being Nehemiah. And without anyone pleading you to get something done trying to save a people just because you have the compassion of God, not just for fame. Praying to pray, not praying, not getting paid to pray. We need a church of Nehemiah to stand up and say, I'm going to build this wall with a sword in this hand and a hammer in this hand. I'm going to do it even if it kills me. No, I'm not in this, I'm not in this because I want a blessing. I'm in this because I realize 
the need of this world. See, we've been blessed with the preaching of the gospel. If you've been here since this church has been established, that's for 12 years. You've been blessed with the preaching of the gospel for 12 years. Amen. It's time we pour it back out onto this city because they need it. I've at least heard the message of one God and the Holy Ghost baptism and in Jesus' name baptism for 10 years. And I realize that this city needs to hear what I have heard. We are in debt to them. Addiction and depression and generational curses, as we've heard over and over, it's just repetitive to your ears. We, they've held us long enough, and it's time for us to do something about it. It's time for us to repent. Just like Nehemiah did. You see, he got down on his knees. He wept. He sought God in the book of Nehemiah, recorded one time. And after that, you know what he did? He got up, went somewhere he could get help. And then after that, immediately went and got done what he said he was going to get done. And he didn't let anything stop him. You know, he had a sword in this hand. And they literally did. They had swords on their sides. People fought while people built it. And, and people fought and built it at the same time. They got this wall done so fast. Because it was the will of God. Because Nehemiah found a secret, sovereign place he could get with God and follow what he had told him to do without any distractions. Even the man that wouldn't let them build the walls of Jerusalem before, he went straight to him and he was his cupbearer and he saw him and he sought him and he even funded him to go do this. And then many times we wake in this life in a bad situation. Our, our instincts naturally, as Bible Belt Christians, is to say, God, if you get me out of this, I'll come to church. God, just make a way. God, if you, we just need to stop wanting some reward for our rightful service to God and do it because we realize we're in debt to God and to this world. His life is the greatest sacrifice ever made. And all, God's in, all God wants in return is yours. Amen. Just 70, 70 to 80 years compared to an eternity where time doesn't exist. That doesn't even match up. Amen. We're just a vapor of smoke. Just, just a, a piece of sand grain on the beach. Amen. We're, we're nothing compared to eternity. Our life is nothing compared to eternity. So why would we let it go by without loving God and, and getting the promise that he's given to this people and delivering the word that he's given to us? And that we've taken advantage of. You see, I don't want to wake up five years from now wondering when God's going to open doors in my ministry. I don't want to wake up a year from now wondering when God's going to send the revival to this church. No, because what's going to happen is, is we're going to finally realize that the revival's been here this whole time. God's opened doors to your ministry five years ago. Amen. He's just waiting for you to step through. He's given us every opportunity to blow the roof off this place. And we just got to hit our knees and get it done. We can't start waiting around for some evangelist to come and deliver a word to us and think that, all right, this is it, I'm going. We need to do it now and not wait for anniversary service, not wait for youth week. Amen. We should have hot fiery church before youth week. Amen. We should come here. We should have revival. We should pray and dance before the service even starts. Amen. Amen. Aaron Bounds once said, uh, at Kentucky camp meeting last year, he said, my concern is not the greatness of the hour, but the mediocrity of the moment. You see, God is in this revival. It's going to be great just simply because God is in it. Amen. But see, we're all just caught up in mediocrity. It, it's not coincidence to me that media and mediocrity sound familiar. 
We see this world on media and we want to be like this world. And we're willing to sacrifice holiness and godliness to be like this world. And see, this world is mediocre. It's not really good enough. It's moderate. I mean, what's better, Facebook or a soul filled with the Holy Ghost? A 45-minute episode of Miss Promiscuous, depressing boyfriend drama, liberal media, or a 45-minute talk with God. There is no reward in this world. A reward is in heaven. Sure, if you play your cards right, you can be a big multi-billionaire CEO. See, the devil, he's got plans for you too, just as God's got plans for you. I mean, he's got plans to you for you to completely forget about the words that have been preached to you and go out and seek your worldly dreams and your worldly desires for you to be hired and to be paid off to go and del- go and just live a fake life and be just a small uh, nothing of what God wanted you to be. Amen. You see, the voice of the enemy just wants to tell us that living holy doesn't pay. Uh, it just wants to tell us that the Holy Ghost is just an old thing. That we can't worship like that anymore. But the truth is that we need apostolic woohoo worship that reaches heaven and shakes hell. That's what will save our city. Being separated, set, set apart. Amen. Because that will cause curiosity to set in inside the city of Marion. And they'll start seeking what we have. Amen. We just got to get out there. Amen. We just got to get out there and preach Acts 2.38. We can't go out there and preach what they're preaching. They've already heard that enough. They've already heard. Hallelujah. Jesus, a personal Savior, uh, once always saved. They they haven't heard the Acts 2.38, uh, Holy Ghost, uh, Jesus' name, baptism, uh, rolling on the floor, yeah. jumping jacks in the pews, uh, amen, flat foot jump under the pulpit messages. Uh, they haven't heard fire poured out from heaven. Uh, this is a new experience to them, uh, amen, and we're 12 years strong, we're 12 year veterans, uh, and we should be able to go out of there in that city uh, and recite every oneness of God, oneness of God first to every soul in that city. Amen. And teach Bible studies and preach the fire of heaven in their in their houses and in their schools and in their homes. Amen. You can't sell out. You can't be a prophet for hire in this end time. Amen. You can't sell out. Amen. We got to realize that God goes before us. So whatever we do, we can do it boldly. You see, you, you see, you look around. You just like Nehemiah. You look around your family. They don't have any walls. Amen. Your life, its walls are burning and broken. The, the school walls are burning and broken. Amen. The enemy stepped foot and he's got hold of your family and even our lives at times. And he takes our schools. He takes our jobs. And he, he imp- Plants, uh, amen. Uh, all these sin, tra- sinly traps uh, that entrap us in our daily lives. Uh, and see, walls are important. We need walls to keep out things that aren't meant to That's get right, in. Amen. When the enemy, when the enemy st- stacks against us, we need defenses. We need a Nehemiah to stand up in this day and say we're going to build this wall. Even if we got to fight doing it. Tobiah, Sanballat, you don't scare me. The Lord is with me. Spirit of fear, spirit of infirmity, the familiar spirit. I'm not scared of you no matter how much you try to scare me. You can't convince me to sell out and be convinced there's no use or good in what we're doing. Like Shemaiah. Amen. We open ourselves to so much just letting anyone speak into our lives. Right. Just letting any fake 
just self-praise prophecy come into our lives to help us feel better. Amen. You see, the, what I like about the part of it saying that he was hired is that when you open your life to sin, you become an employee to sin. When you're a sinner, you work for sin. Amen. And it's a job. You've got to cover it up. You've got to pay for it because it's expensive. Amen. Worldly habits are expensive. Amen. But if you've got it, you're going to do it because you're an employee and you want to get the best out of the job that you can get. Amen. And you get paid, but you never know how much they're going to take from your check. You never know how much you're going to have to pay in. Amen. To get what you get out. You see, some of us in life, we don't realize the stuff that we have to, that we're paying in as we're working for sin. We don't realize when, when it's time to pay and it's time that we get our paycheck that we're actually losing more than we're making. Amen. Because we're convinced. We're convinced that, that working and doing things for God is never going to get us anywhere and that it's not enough. We can't just let anything into our lives. We can't just let anything come into our spirits and speak to us. We can't just let anything talk to us in our lives. We can't just be in this, amen, for, for a paycheck. We can't just be in this, amen, as in the choir for hire, pulpit bound for hire, a prophet for hire. You've got to be in this because your world needs it, because your family needs it, your wife, your husband, not for me. Amen. You've got to realize the need of this world is so great that there are literally, as, I, as you sit and as I stand here, souls are dying that have never once heard the true gospel preached in their lives. That have never heard one message that you've heard that has just touched your spirits and gave you goosebumps. And that you've just shrugged off and not come to the altar over. Amen. They're dying for messages just like that. They're dying for messages that you you thought that the preacher could have done a little better. They're dying for messages that you think the pastor could have studied a little more on. They're dying for this apostolic truth that we're taking for granted. Because we have sold ourselves to Facebook and we become employees for sin and we become employees for things in this world that in the end are just going to leave us in wreckage and destruction anyway. Amen. Amen. We can't be bound by generational curses anymore. We got to realize that the Lord goes before us and just because he's with us, everything that he wants us to accomplish, it's going to be done. Amen. Amen. There is there's such a passion and a desire that God's just waiting to pour out on this place tonight. If you would just open your hearts to accept what the Lord wants to speak to us tonight. Amen. Some of us, I'm not done yet, but I'm close. Some of us have signs we carry around in our lives. We carry around signs describing who we are and where we are in life. I actually made some signs. Amen. I actually... <clears throat> I mean, just someone come up here real quick. Just hold this sign. Oh, okay. Okay, brother, you just hold that. And then we've, many of us have probably seen a sign like this on the side of the road, uh, outside of a storefront. And the sign says, we'll work for food. 
Amen. That this means that this person holding this sign is willing to work just for food. They're willing to work just to have a bite to eat. We see that so many times. And many of us are moved to go to the nearest supermarket, the nearest gas station, and buy a bag of chips, maybe a, something hot off the that just come out of the oven or whatever heater they have, keeping their food warm, and, and we feel led to give it to them. And we do, and that's good, but there are other signs that we carry around in life that all that many of us are guilty for carrying around at least one time in our lives. I need another person just real quick to come up here. I don't care who it is. Just turn that around and hold that sign up. Amen. We... <clears throat> We, we have people in this life that carry around signs that say, we'll worship for wealth. Amen. That I, Yeah, I'm going to get up on Sunday morning. I'm going to come to church. I'm going to put my best tie on. I'm going to put my best suit on. And I'm going to make sure every single person that's going to see me jumping, I'm going to jump higher than them. I'm going to scream louder than them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak in tongues more than them. Amen. But see, the problem is, is there's not really a problem with someone waking up and wanting to do that. But see, it's the problem of what's below that. They're doing that for wealth. They're doing that because they want to get recognized and they want people to see them. Amen. We, we have people carrying around other signs. Someone else. Come on. I don't care who. Anybody. Anybody. Anybody at all. There you go. Just turn it around. We have other people that come into church and say, I forgot what it said. We'll be faithful for position. We have people that come to church faithfully just so they can stand up and say, I have a position. I am certified in this church to tell you and you what to do. Well, Amen. I, I have position. I can tell you to mop the floors. I can tell you to clean the toilets. I can tell you to scrub the pulpit. I can tell you to vacuum. Amen. I have position. You have to listen to me. Amen. And they're only faithful just for that reason. They don't want to miss church just because they might miss an opportunity to be the boss. To be the boss when pastor's not around. They don't want to miss that opportunity. Amen. Amen. Somebody else. Come on. Anybody. Anybody. I don't, I don't care who it is. It's going to be a little child. Anyone. I just want someone to hold this. Amen. This says, we'll pray for blessings. Nothing wrong with prayer. There's nothing wrong with praying for blessings. Amen. But some people, they pray just for blessings. Amen. They wake up and they're in a bad situation and they realize, oh, I need I need divine intervention. I can't get out of this. So, oh God, I, I need you to help me. Amen. God, if you if you help me get out of this, I promise I'll come to church and serve you. God, if you help me get out of this, I promise I'll tithe. God, if you help me get out of this, I promise I'll make sure all of my kids come to church. I promise I'll make sure there's not a service pastor doesn't see my face. Amen. They will pray for blessings. Amen. Somebody else. Somebody else. There you go. I'm going to start calling on you. <laughs> Uh-oh. Amen. That says, we'll tithe for treasure. There's nothing wrong with tithing. The Bible tells you that the first 10% you make is God's. And you're supposed to do that. Amen. And you're supposed to bless the house of God. Amen. With how it's blessed you. And But see, some people, they just tithe. 
for treasure. They just tithe just because they want to simply just make it. They don't do it because they know God deserves 10%. They do it just because the blessings, just because the treasure, because they love money more than they love God. Amen. The Bible says you can't serve God in money. Amen. Because you're going to love one more than you love the other. And God's a jealous God. And he doesn't want you to do that. Amen. And I got one more. Somebody, come on. Anybody, come up here, bud. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Are you already getting that one? I'm sorry. Here we go. That says, we'll praise for attention. No, I'm not going to praise because God is worthy. I'm not going to be praised because God died on a cross for me and he sacrificed his life for me. No, I'm going to praise because I want you to see me. I just spent... $110 on these new Michael Kors shoes. Amen. And I want you to see how the crease hits the ground on my toes bent up and back when I'm jumping on the floor. Amen. I want you to see this nice new Gucci tie bouncing the wind when I'm jumping and praising for joy. Amen. I want you to see me. I want you to praise me more than you're praising God. Amen. I want you to want what I got even though what I've got isn't what you need. Amen. Come on. You see, the problem with these is, is there's nothing problem. There's not a problem with the top part. Amen. But sometimes in life, we need to come and we need to cross that out. And we need to have will praise. Not for anything, God. I'm not going to praise you because I need a blessing. I'm not going to praise you just because in this current situation I'm in, I need to get out of. No, God. I'm just here and I will praise. I'm just going to praise you, Lord. Amen. I'm, I'm not just going to pray just to get blessed and just to get out of this situation and know, God, I will pray. I will make myself available for you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, God. Lord, I, I will come to church and be faithful just because you've called me to be faithful and called me to be separate and more than just a Sunday morning Bible Belt Christian. Amen. So I will be faithful. Amen. Just to be faithful, not for position. Amen. I will come to church and I will worship, not for wealth, not for money, not for treasure to this world. I will just come and I will worship you no matter what is at home or what I'm facing. Lord, I know this first 10% belongs to you, God. And I'm not going to tithe just because you'll bless me for it, God. I'm going to tithe just because I love you, God. I will tithe. Amen. We need to realize that we don't need to be a prophet for hire in this world. That we can't just have any little thing leading us around and making decisions for us. We need to be led just because God is great and He's deserving of our praise. And we're in debt to the people and in debt to this world. Amen. If you would, just, just lay your signs right there and you guys can stay standing. If everyone would stand, please. Amen. God wants to do something so great in this place tonight. Amen. Amen. Just lay him on the altar. That's fine with me. You see, so many times we've come into church. There's people that's coming to this church. They've walked in. They sit on the back pew. They sit on this pew. They sit on this pew. All the pews from the front to the back. And these people, they've come in. And, and they've been here many times. And we've greeted them. We've prayed with them. We've talked to them. Amen. And then five, year later, five years later, you've forgotten them. Amen. Come on. But I, let me tell you right now, uh, one pastor stands in front of this congregation in this pulpit. He doesn't just see your yearning, hurting face. Amen. He sees 
the faces on these pews that you don't even remember. He sees people from 10 years ago, from 5, 6, 7 years ago that you forgot even come here. And he sees their faces and he remembers, amen, the plans that God had for them and the things God spoke into his heart about them, amen. And then he sees them leave and he sees them never come back, amen. But he still sees their faces on the pews. He still feels the presence and the yearning of their spirits as he walks by these pews. No wonder it's distracting when he's trying to worship. Amen. He just sees their faces. He sees the tears rolling down their eyes as they feel a little touch of the Holy Ghost. And the Lord wants to give them more, but they leave. And their faces are still there. Amen. Lord, I pray tonight. Hey, Hallelujah, that the faces that have been in this church would start popping back up in your minds. Amen. They would start attacking your brains and you would start remembering. Amen. People that have come and left. Amen. That you would start just remembering and feeling that burden and that passion. Amen. For these lost people in this city. Amen. For the people that are dying as we speak and going to hell. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, when will we be moved by lost souls? When will we be moved by a dying city with broken walls? When will you stand up, Nehemiah? When will these walls bother you? When will these dying people bother you? When? When, church? When will you get on your knees and pray and start praying to God for the burden and the passion of your pastor for the souls of this city. When will these walls bother you? When will you not come to church and just worship just because you need something and just do it because you know somebody else needs to be blessed by your worship? Amen. So why don't you come? Why don't you change your sign tonight? Why don't you just mark everything else out? And why don't you just write will? Why don't you just write will on the front of your sign? Amen. And whatever God puts in your mind tonight, whatever God personally speaks to you, will you just carry around that sign for the rest of your life? And will you just do it? It's time to need no hiring to get things done in the kingdom. Amen. It's time to do what God wants. And open your hearts tonight to the blessing of the Lord that's here, the passion.